It's a real privilege to be here just to share the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to wish you a happy new year and really to repeat um, the desire that, that was expressed in prayer that this would be a year, if never before, that you would come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour. That you might have that assurance that no matter what may come, uh, that with you and God, all is well, and that you have accepted uh, his wonderful provision that has been made in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. At our earlier service today, um, we began by reading a couple of verses from Luke's Gospel in chapter 2. And I just want to pick up from where we were reading and read from verse number 25. Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, and verse number 25. To set the scene, earlier in the chapter we discover that after eight days, the Lord Jesus, a name was um, given, it was made clear to all that the name which he was to receive as instructed by the angel um, to Mary, Jesus, that he took that name. Um, In this world when a child is born there's always anticipation uh, around those those days that pass the moment of the birth. What are the parents going to decide to call the child? And it's all sorts of different weird and wonderful names sometimes you get and sometimes we've got significance in the family and other times we've got no meaning at all or maybe it's a sentimental reason. But here is something that is altogether different. Earlier in the chapter it says his name was called Jesus. And we know that the word of God tells us that name was given because it means it informs us that he came to save his people from their sins. And then in the verses 22 down to 24, about 33 days later, after the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, he is brought in the arms of Mary and Joseph, um, into the temple in Jerusalem and there he is to be presented to the Lord and uh, Mary and Joseph brought with them um, two turtle doves or pigeons and we'll perhaps speak in a little while just to re- remind ourselves of the significance of that but down in verse 25 it says and behold there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon and this man was just and devout waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. That is the Anointed One. That is the, the, the one who would fulfill all of, of God's um, promises and prophecy. So he came by the Spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Which you prepared before the face of all peoples a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. 
Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And we trust that God would bless the reading of his word. I want to come back to it in the time that we have before us. Um, and the three points, if I like, uh, uh, to, to try and, and impress upon your mind from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. Firstly, as we think of Mary and Joseph coming into the temple and coming to offer sacrifices, uh, they are coming that the queen, that the unclean rather, might be made queen. Coming that the unclean might be queen. And the only basis on which that could be done was if a sacrifice that God had instructed was to be offered. Sacrifice had to be offered that the unclean might be made queen. But then if we think on that next section which we read, We read about this man, Simeon, who has been just looking forward and longing to see the one that the Old Testament prophets had been pointing forward to. And he's just living every day in anticipation that one day upon this earth uh, would be uh, the Son of God. Uh, He's longing to see him uh, and longing to see one who would bring light and hope and life. Someone who would come into this world and bring joy where there was none and bring hope where there was only despair. And someone who by the power of his word was able to speak to the wind and waves and make them to be a calm. And he's just waiting for him. And he's longing for the day when Christ would come. And he sees him. And he has this privilege down there in verse number 28. He took him up in his arms and blessed God. He couldn't be silent when he looked upon the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He had to give thanks that into this world God had sent his son. He took him in his arms and he blessed God. And I want you to hold on to these two words. My eyes have seen your salvation. Your salvation. First of all we see sacrifices being offered that the unclean might be made clean. And then Simeon comes and he highlights for us in bold and capital letters it is the salvation of God that has come into this world. The salvation that God has prepared. The salvation it is for all peoples. Uh, the salvation that would come and be as a light. The Lord Jesus Christ would go on in this world and say that he is the light of the world. And into the lives of men and women in this hall there has been occasions in the past when they have heard the good news of God and they've responded in repentance and faith and the light of the glorious gospel of Christ has shone into the souls of men and women here. And we're thankful that we have seen, although we didn't see him in our arms before us, but we're thankful that we have seen 
and we have known the salvation of God. And I want to ask, do you know what it is to have been declared clean and right before God? As someone who is unclean, who was born as a sinner, like every other person. For the Bible says that by one man sin entered into the world, and so death passed upon all men, for they all have sinned. As a sinner, do you know what it is to have been made clean? Have you seen the salvation of God? Do you, do you know the salvation of God personally? Is this something you have experienced in your own life? And then we read about this woman, Anna. And coming in at that instant. Again, a woman who has been living before God all the days of her life. With fastings and prayers night and day. Coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord. She couldn't be silent when she saw the Lord Jesus Christ. There was a response in her heart towards heaven. For God, who had spoken in times past by the prophets, had now sent his Son, and he was here before her. And she doesn't only give thanks towards God, but now she goes out. And perhaps one of the very first evangelists in this world... She goes out into Jerusalem and it says she spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. For there were people who were looking for one to pay a price that they could not pay. People who were looking to be right with the Holy God. And she spoke of him and nothing else and nobody else. And she spoke of him to all them that looked for redemption. Make this... Come back to these points and just think on them a little bit more. But but take these three things, please. And if you forget anything else I say, um, just examine your heart. Am I clean? Am I right before a holy God? Do I know the salvation of God? Do I know what it is to have been redeemed do I understand that a price was paid on Calvary's cross when the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ was shed it was shed for the remission the removal of my sins do you understand what it is to have been redeemed I turned to this passage this morning because I was thinking about the things that happened after the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ and perhaps just challenged and concerned that we live in a world that fleetingly considers the Lord Jesus Christ perhaps once, maybe twice a year. And as Christmas has passed and we've come into a new year, decorations will be taken down, cards will be taken off the the sideboard, they'll be put away, and in a sense, many will put Christ away out of their mind as well. And I want to challenge you not to do that. I want to challenge you to consider seriously the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And to look at what happens next. And to keep on reading through the word of God. And get to know who he is. And get to understand his claims as to who he said he is and what he has done. And understand his claims in your life. And understand what he has done on your behalf. But it is a wonderful thing. Despite the fact that today people might be beginning to forget the carols they sung. And the words that they heard just over the last few weeks. 
It's a wonderful thing that they did here. And I was really just appreciating that. Um, one of the advantages of some social media and some things that I would follow online is that there are individuals that I've met in different parts of the world, some that I've never met. And it's just amazing to see some of the, the places where you would least expect it. But over the course of the last few weeks, children, perhaps children for the very first time, coming to the age of understanding for the first time, they've, they've learnt a form of words that tells them that it was a star that men followed and it rested above the place where he was. And come to discover that the heavens declare the glory of God. And children for the first time have, have heard these words, Emmanuel, God with us. And you know, in, in different parts of this world, as men and women move around it and migrate, perhaps men and women in their own country who have never heard of the gospel of Christ, some have come to our shores and perhaps someone has just given them a gift or a calendar with a verse on it and have heard for the first time this, this message that into this world God sent his son and the father sent his son to be the saviour of the world. What a wonderful thing it is that people heard uh, from a prophecy of Isaiah uh, not only in the English tongue over these last few weeks but in so many tongues of this world and languages and dialects they heard uh, but he is a wonderful counsellor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. They've heard that of the increase of his government, there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom, he'll establish it and he'll uphold it with justice and righteousness. People have been confronted with the truth that he is above all and over all. That this one who, on a daily basis, his name is derided, it's held in contempt, it's used so flippantly. They have been confronted with this fact that he is above all and over all. The testimony of scriptures has gone out. They've heard, I'm sure, perhaps even in your carol service here just last week, and nativity scenes performed either in buildings or out in playgrounds because of the pandemic rules. They've heard from the prophet Micah. Uh, they've heard of the, uh, of the, it was said that it would be in Bethlehem Ephrata. And they've been confronted with the fact that God was in absolute control. Uh, but that this particular um, uh, small number of square metres on this planet Earth, God ordered it, but in that very spot where he had said his son would be born... He was born. People have been confronted with the reality that God was in control. And that Christ was always at the centre of God's plans and purposes. Perhaps you have learned the fullness of that prophecy in Micah. But out of Bethlehem would be one who would be a ruler. And they've been confronted with the fact that, that this little baby who was born in Bethlehem. Uh, the one who went on to the cross and died there, the just for the unjust, is the very one who will rule in righteousness. And they've been confronted with the fact, but what the word, God, word of God tells us, that the Father has committed all judgment to the Son. And men and women have had to face up perhaps uh, to this truth. There is a day, a day you read about in Acts chapter 17, 
when God will judge the world in righteousness by this man, this little baby who was born in Bethlehem's manger. The one who will rule over a people who now are spiritually blind. Is the very one who will judge the world in righteousness. As you think of that one who was once a little baby, who died on the cross bearing the punishment that you and I deserved, I want to challenge you, uh, as you think of the judgment of a holy God, listen to the words of Acts 17. God commands all men everywhere to repent. In light of who he is, Uh, Can I ask, have you repented? Have you turned towards God? Have you acknowledged what the word of God says about you is true? The word of God says that sin when it's finished brings forth death. Sin is serious. The word of God tells us that that sin is an issue for each of us for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It tells us that if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves and we make God to be a liar. Have you repented towards God? Have you acknowledged the seriousness of sin? We say to the children, it's a little tiny word, but it's a really big issue. Your sin. And it has to be dealt with. And this was the reason Christ Jesus came into the world. It was to save sinners. It was because of my sin and yours. And I appeal to you, have you repented of your sin towards God? And have you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you accepting of the fact that when he died on that cross, the work that you and I couldn't do to satisfy God's demands, Christ did. It was absolutely sufficient. It was absolutely perfect. He did what nobody else and nothing else could do. You know, his blood was shed. And blood and water came forth from his side when when a Roman soldier put a spear into it. And it's been recorded for us to know that yes, the price was paid. Then there was hours of darkness on that cross. And that one who was once a babe in Bethlehem's manger, in those hours of darkness on the cross, I understand from the Bible that he was bearing on that cross all of God's wrath against my sin. All the wrath of God that I deserved in hell and a lake of fire, the Lord Jesus Christ bore it all. Why did he do that? Because the word of God says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I wonder, did people perceive that he who was born in Bethlehem of Thrada was the one who would be the ruler? Both had gone on in the book of Micah they would have heard this that he was a shepherd as well, a shepherd king. And if you dig into the word of God, and please do, make this a year you get to know God's word. You get into this book and you will discover that the Lord Jesus, as he began to move amongst men, he came to a crowd of people and it says that he, he was moved with compassion towards them. I challenge myself about my compassion as I think of some things that I would have done in the past for others, sometimes I feel my heart is cold and it's not moved. But when the Lord Jesus Christ saw a crowd, the Bible says he was moved 
with compassion towards them. He saw them as sheep without a shepherd. That's what the word of God says. And it tells us there in John's Gospel chapter 10. That the Lord Jesus spoke about all who ever came before him. And he says they were about robbers who came to steal and to kill and to destroy. And he says I am the good shepherd. He stands and sets himself apart. I am the good shepherd who gives his life for the sheep. That's what, why he came to Bethlehem. To go on to that cross and to give his life for the sheep. And to there die in our stead. And to pay the price that we could not pay. You know from John's Gospel chapter 10. That those who are his he calls by name. And those who are his and who turn, turn to him. Acknowledging that they are just like a lost sheep. He comes and he lays them upon his shoulders. It's a wonderful thing to know rest and security in Christ. It's a wonderful thing to no longer have uncertainty about whether or not you're right for God because you're, you're just trusting in the, in the promises of God, the word of God, and you're trusting in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder, have you got that? You're just resting and rejoicing and just on his shoulders. John's Gospel it tells us he's able to keep you. If you're not only in Christ but you're in the Father's hand. I wonder is there someone who has been concerned about the issue of their salvation. It's a work of God. It's God who saves and he keeps. And once saved forever saved. There is nothing insufficient about the, about the work of Calvary's cross. And if you have come as a sinner and, and called in the name of the Lord, on the authority of God's word, it says you will be saved. Respond to the devil with the word of God if you ever have these doubts. And look into the scripture. So people might have thought of the ruler, the king. They might have thought of the shepherd and of how he gave his life. If they thought of these prophecies from, I, from Micah. And I'm sure over these recent weeks people have perhaps opened a card. Very few cards will have a verse in them. But if they do it might have been that verse. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. And we thought this morning of just a little bit. Of how you know the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Was the only life that has ever constantly brought glory to God. And it was through his life that men on this earth were possible to know the peace of God. Believer in the Lord Jesus Christ would write in the word of God, He is our peace. He has made peace. And so I wonder if people who heard glory to God in the highest and peace on earth have grasped this. Have you grasped this? That he has made peace by the blood of his cross. Do you know that he is your peace? That all fear has gone and you can look towards an uncertain future knowing that everything is right with your God. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. 
people out there struggle and grasp as to who God is and what God is like. But in the sending of his son, God has demonstrated his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And the the will of God has been shown towards men. And we see God's mind and God's desire. You know, uh, this couple who come, Mary and Joseph, to the temple, they understand that God wanted them, uh, wanted Mary particularly, to be queen and made provision for her. And I can tell you in the authority of God's word, uh, as a sinner, God's desire is for you to be made queen, for you to be made right. And he's made absolute provision for it in the sending of his son who died and was buried and rose again. And his son lives with the power and the ability to save today if you would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. People have heard of these prophecies and they've engaged with the historical narrative over these past few weeks about the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I was just thinking about that, I thought, well, not only perhaps as some child had to go up and at uh, the carol service um, attempt full of fear and dread as they look out at an audience to um, say those words that they've memorised or tried to over the past week, but they perhaps learned some of the carols that speak of the Saviour. And whilst there might be lots that are um, part of the um, the license of those who, who wrote the carols, there's some wonderful truth within them. But the thing is this, that perhaps for the first time this year, this year that has passed, a child is sung in a home where the name of Christ is, is barely never mentioned. Perhaps in a home where it's only ever used in blasphemy. A little child has opened its mouth and sung away in a manger. And then do you know what they said? A little Lord Jesus. And the lips of a child have confessed in homes all around this world. The Lordship of Jesus Christ. That he is Lord. A few years ago I had the privilege of meeting an elderly lady um, when I was visiting Lebanon. Um, lovely sister. Her name's Nohad. She's got something of the character of Anna who would speak of him to all that looked. And she came to me after the service in the morning and her desire was to tell me of how she had become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. It was in Christmas Eve 1958. Christmas Eve 1958. She lived in the mountains, in the Shout Mountains. She was a member of a Druze family. That is a, a mystical religion that is, is part, parts of Islam in it. And there was to her no hope in it. Um, she'd been born into it. And uh, it was followed zealously. But there was no hope. There was no life. There was no answer to sin. There was no solution as to how she might be right with God. But she heard the good news of the gospel. She heard that God had sent his son. That the father sent the son to be the saviour of the world. And she just understood the simplicity of it. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. On Christmas Eve 1958 she was saved. 
That very night her parents were filled with shame. It was something of disgrace that their daughter would become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And no hard would do this. There was nothing that could be done. But the life of Nohad was to be ended that night in Christmas Eve 1958. Her brother was given responsibility. She got knowledge of what was to occur. And she didn't flee the village. But she prayed to God. Nohad prayed to God and she said, Lord, if this is your will, Take me to be with you tonight. But if not, I'll live with you until you're ready to take me. I'll live for you until you're ready to take me to be with you. Why do I mention the story of my dear sister Nohad? She grasped as a child refers to in that little carol that he is Lord. He was more important than everything else in her life that night, and still is. And I just want to challenge you as to are things as real in your life as they are, as they were with her? Are you as serious about being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? One of the things that we read that Simeon said, he didn't just say uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ is salvation. But he said that this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel. You see, he was looking forward to the fact that as the Lord Jesus moved amongst men, there would, as you read it in John's Gospel many times, be a division among the people concerning him. You read about it in Luke's Gospel at the end where Luke records that on one side there was a criminal, on the other side there was a criminal. But there was a division amongst the people concerning him. Uh, For one acknowledged his sin and acknowledged that Christ was Lord and acknowledged the, the desire and the ability of Christ to save him in the extremity of that situation. In the final moments of his life and the other man was just full of contempt and really joined with the crowd who said he saved others himself he cannot save. And I suppose whilst everyone kind of looks the same from me up to me up here, there may well be a division among the people concerning him today. It might be that there's a boy or a girl, a man or a woman who knows that You've not yet accepted that the queen, the unclean can be made clean and that Christ is the only answer. And you've not yet accepted that neither is there salvation in any other name for there is none other name given among, under heaven amongst men by which we must be saved. And perhaps you're trying to pay the price yourself and you've not accepted 
that we are not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. So as we start this new year, has the issue of sin been dealt with in God's way? Are you a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you know God's salvation? As with Mary, it will be a pathway where the closer you follow the Lord, there will be trial and there will be difficulty. But she was more than compensated for that. Do you know and have you accepted that the price has been paid that you could not pay? Make sure before you get any further into this year that you do what Nohad did and acknowledge that he is the Lord. Let's pray. Our God, we just marvel at thy grace towards us. We think that every single person in this room was born with the issue of sin. And we know how serious sin is because it was so serious that it was necessary for thy beloved Son to die on Calvary's cross. Help us to understand the seriousness of it. To understand that thou art a holy God. And yet a God who would desire just to extend mercy towards us. Our Father, um, to, uh, to withhold that which we rightfully deserved. And just to pour thy love and grace towards us in Christ. Our Father, we give thanks for he who is the, the, the one mediator between God and men. We give thanks for the Saviour of the world. Our Father, we give thanks that we ever heard of him. We give thanks for those who are believers or our salvation today and acknowledge it is all because of Christ. And we give thanks we have been kept and will be kept until we see him face to face. Our Father, for those who perhaps are weighing up these things and the scripture in their mind, we know that the seed of the word of God is so often stolen and taken away like a bird would come and steal seed. And so, our Father, we would just pray uh, that thy word uh, would be meditated upon, thought upon, and that we would keep weighing it up, our Father, and that some would come and just come in repentance and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Father, bless these days with salvation. We know that there is extended, our Father, um, the day of salvation until today. How good thou art. Um, we would just pray that each one of us uh, would in it acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. Help us then, uh, Father, to live for him until he come. In the Saviour's name we pray. Amen.